So good to be together once again. It's always a great blessing that we enjoy from week to week when we have or we receive another first day of the week that we can come together and to worship the God in heaven. Tonight is, or this morning actually, as we come together, I want to consider warring a good warfare. As I titled the lesson today, I titled it Fight On. As I consider the life in which we live and the actions and the things that we have to go through, I think of the Christian life. I think of the Christian war, the things that are required. Meaning we've got to get up and we've got to go on. I think of fighting on as a soldier, as going forward in, in battle, going forward to endure. You know, as a young boy, I remember there was a commercial that came on the TV very often. I don't think it shows up as often, but I'm not saying that, it, that we still don't have it, but there was this bunny that would go across the screen, and they would come back across the other way. And then about the end of the commercial, it would come across again, and it would say, it keeps going and going and going. We're talking about the Energizer Bunny. And as I think about the Energizer Bunny, and as a young boy, I remember having these remote-controlled toys that I loved, and I was so excited always to get out my remote-controlled toys. Uh, however, in our household, uh, my dad said, if, if you use up the batteries, then you buy more. And so it came time that I had to buy batteries, and... I wanted to try out those Energizer batteries because they keep going and going and going. And I put them in my remote control car and what do you know, it wasn't long and I was back where we started. I was back to having a toy that didn't operate because the batteries were dead. Well, it didn't take me long, probably about the second time I went to the store, we bought rechargeable batteries. With rechargeable batteries, there was something great because at the end of the day when the toy no longer worked, I plugged into dad's electricity and I woke up the next morning and my cars worked flawlessly. Okay, we're talking about a Christian battle. When I think about the warfare, when he says war a good warfare, I want to talk to you today about a recharging station. I want to talk to you today about something that encourages us to go on in battle. As we consider the topic of fight on in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, it says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. We've got to war on. You might notice the word hardship. Within the Christian life, within the war that we are in battle, which we, with which we are engaged, there's hardships. There's tough times. And I think about the Christian life, and I understand that in reality, we leave this place. We come together and we assemble as the church. And I would like to think while we're here that our brothers and sisters aren't trying to tempt us. They aren't trying to throw things upon us to, to bring us down, to encourage us to sin, but rather within the assembly of the saints, we've got all these people that have a like mind that are helping us and encouraging us to go forward in the fight, saying, fight on, warring a good warfare. However, the problem is there comes a point at which we leave the service. We've got a whole week 
where we're going to be around people in the world. We're going to be around people that don't have the same ideals. They don't have the same convictions. They don't have the same faith as we do. And therefore, they can be used as instruments to bring us down. They can be used as, as different temptations or burdens that bring us down. As I think about our troubles in life, I understand that life's not easy. I understand that as you go out into the world, the world is here to bring you down. But yet Christ came to lift us up. I think about fighting on, and I think about what we have today, the bringing together of the troops. We come together as Christians with a purpose, with a mindset, with a goal, and that's to help one another. You know, as I, I consider bringing together the troops, I understand that we're beat down by the world. We're suffering. We're going through temptation. We're being burdened with uh, the sin that's in the world, and we've got an outlet. That is the church where we come together. I look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, and it says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, it says will, shall, suffer persecution. It's a fact of the Christian life. There are going to be problems. There's going to be temptation. There's going to be persecution. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 4 says, So that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and your faith. And then he goes on to say when. He says, In all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. I believe within the Christian life we can understand that troubles are coming. There's only three instances in which you can be in life. You can be at a point in your life where you're soon going to suffer, suffer troubles as a Christian. It might be that you're currently suffering troubles as a Christian, and it could be that in the past you've suffered as a Christian. If I had to bet, there's some people that could be doing up to as many as all three of those right now. They're suffering as a Christian. They have suffered, and they will suffer in the future. The facts are, as a Christian, the life is not easy. If you think back at the very beginning, it said endure hardship, difficulty. It's not necessarily easy to be a Christian, but soldiers, we've got to fight on. We've got to get ready to continue because we've got another week coming up. There's going to come a point in which we leave this building... We leave our padded pew in the easy place where we're probably not struggling with the temptations as we will when we exit the door. But yet as Christians, we've got to bond together. We've got to bind ourselves together with one another to go out and to fulfill what God has set for us to do. In Romans chapter 8, and verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? What's going to separate us from Christ? And he goes on and we see a list of things. He says, shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine, nakedness or peril or sword? Basically, is there anything in the world that can separate you from the love of Christ? And there's not. There's nothing that's strong enough. The only thing that would separate you is you making a decision to separate yourself from God. As I think about our coming together, there's nothing that we should fear in the world, but rather we've got to bind together so that we can help one another. So that we can encourage one another to fight on. To fight on in the battle in which we are engaged. 1 Peter chapter 2. Within our battle, our battle includes that of being a benefit to the world. 
1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11 it says, Whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. Sorry, I'm in 2 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2, I knew it didn't sound right. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11 it says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. And then he goes on in verse 12 and says, Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that they, when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which you observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Notice that the Gentiles observed, they noticed the actions of the Christians. One reason we come together is because when we leave here, we've got to be a benefit to the world. We encourage one another in good works. We encourage one another in living for God. And therefore, the world can see it. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, the idea after it says, Let your light shine is so that they may see your good works. But more so, it says, And that they may glorify your Father which is in heaven. The idea is by what actions we do. People will choose to serve the God of heaven. Romans chapter 12 and verse 21, as we consider benefiting the world, it says, do not, overcome, be, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. We've got within our life, we've got a benefit to the world by showing them the goodness of Christ. By showing them righteousness. When you consider our war, it's really a war of evil versus righteousness. As Christians, as those that are enlisted in the Lord's army... We've got to be the ones that practice righteousness. Not only do we benefit the world, but we benefit the like-minded. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 and verse 25 also, it is a, a common verse. It's been quoted often. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says, And let us consider, but notice. He says, Let us consider me. I'm just kidding, that's not what it says. It says, and let us consider one another. He said, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Let us consider one another. Consider you while you consider me and we all consider each other. Therefore, helping each other. And notice in the next verse, it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Within that of the worship service, within that of the opportunity that the church has of coming together, we need to understand that God's purpose is us helping one another. I think of all the battles that have gone on within the world in which we live. And within battle, there comes a point at which the soldiers have to get together. They have to encourage one another. You know, it takes everybody. It takes everyone working together. And he says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Basically, to benefit one another. We have an opportunity this morning to come together and to help each other. You know, it just so happens that again tonight, we'll have an opportunity to come together to help each other. To stir up love and good works. To recharge as a Christian, to have that fresh start. I think about the, uh, the opportunities that we have, and it, it seems as though as we consider our 
our attendance from one service to the next, it seems as though everybody gets charged in the morning and they don't need charged in the evening. However, by the time Sunday evening services or Wednesday services, by the time they come around, there are still people that need recharging. I'd encourage you as you consider the opportunities of worship, as you consider the opportunities of the saints coming together, consider the one another. Rather than the Jared Rhodes thinking about, I need help and I have to come because I want to grow closer to God, think about everyone else that Jared Rhodes needs to be here for. As you consider whether or not you're going to come together at the different times they're appointed, think about the love and the good works and you can help and stir up in other individuals. It actually won't be long and, and we dismiss from, from our morning worship services and sometimes it's, it's sad to see how, uh, how quick we have to get out because we need to exhort one another. We need to help one another. I appreciate so much any time that I see someone sticking around, as I see the ones that are, are there communicating, that are there encouraging one another. And we know that, that that's the goal of the church. That's the goal behind God's design within warfare is the church can help each other. Because if you think about the fight that we, we battle, we've got to benefit the world, we've got to benefit the church because we're beaten down. Because the world is there to bring us down and we're here to help each other, build each other up. I see that time flies by. Let's quickly move on to our second point, battling of the troops. First off, let's look at the type of battle. The type of battle for which we are engaged in in Ephesians chapter 6 is a, a very common passage when you consider that of war. As it talks about the the Christian armor and being ready. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but, on the contrary, rather than this earthly, worldly, physical battle, he says, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. What we're talking about is a spiritual battle. We're talking about something different. We're talking about the battle on the inside. We're talking about the battle between good and evil. We're talking about what's right and what's wrong. We're talking about that of showing darkness versus that of light. The question is, which side of battle are we going to be on? 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12 says, fight the good fight. Fight the good fight of faith. And then he says, within that, within that fight, he says, lay hold on eternal life. Part of that fight is what the aim is, what the goal is. In the end, they lay hold on that eternal life. Not only do we have a type of battle, but there's a weapon in battle. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and the following verse, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Then he goes on to say, he says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not physical, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Where do we find that? Well, I believe if you look at Ephesians chapter 6, when we see the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, it says, 
Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Go down in verse 13. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Then you've got 14 through verse 17. It says, stand having your, your waist gird with truth. The breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15, shod with your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith you may be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. In verse 17 it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I believe if you look at each one of those things, the gospel of salvation, if you look at the uh, breastplate of righteousness, each of those items directly relates to God's Word. When you consider our weapon in battle, it's found right here. What we have is the protection that is found within the words of the New Testament as we see Jesus being tempted each time Jesus said it is written he pulled out his weapon he used his weapon in battle notice also our enemy in battle 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 says be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil he says, walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We see the devil that's looking for those that are caught in a weak time, that are caught up in a moment of weakness, and that lion jumps in destroys them. Also notice our king in battle. In Romans chapter 8, verse 31, it says, What shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Meaning, my king wins. Little kids sometimes get to comparing their parents and they say, well, my daddy's faster than your daddy. Well, my daddy's stronger than your daddy. My mama's a better cook than your mama. We've got all these little comparisons and then you look at our king and it says, my God wins. No matter what, no matter what takes place, when you consider the war that I'm engaged in, my God wins. I think also of Christ as we consider our king in battle when Jesus was on the earth. In John chapter 18 and verse 36, he says, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, he said, Then would my servants fight. We've got a war, but it, it wasn't... It wasn't about the physical. It wasn't about that hand-to-hand -hand combat as they'd envisioned, but rather we've got a war where, we're, where we war for what is right. We see Jesus in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 15 is referred to as the king of kings. The king which we fight for wins. All right, last point. Building up the troops, point number three. Within that of coming to services, within that of coming here today, within that of the goal of the Christian life is we've got to encourage one another. We've got to build up each other to go forward because you know what? Last week was tough. Well, next week will be too. You think they were giving you all they had when they tried to get you to fall into temptation last week? Well, they're going to try again this next week. 
And the idea within us coming together is to encourage one another so when we face those temptations, we face those trials that we say, I can make it through another week because I'm going to fight on. I'm going to war a good warfare. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. Within our building up of the troops, we see the encouragement to resist sin. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13 says, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest so that any of you won't be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, so that it doesn't pull you in, so that it doesn't take you down the wrong path. As I consider the encouragement of us for one another, I think about those that we don't see, that that come and then it'll be a few months before you ever see them again. I think of the opportunity that we have to encourage them. Because within that of not being together with the saints, we don't have the encouragement while we're here. And without encouragement, discouragement comes real quick. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, he says, But exhort one another daily. While it is called today, take every opportunity to encourage your brother and sister in Christ. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in a fault, he says, You which are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Then he says also, Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Be ready, be helpful, but also be considering. Consider the evil that might come to tempt you. Within the building up of the troops, we've got to encourage one another because while we're here, we're all we've got. While we live upon this earth, while we're on this side of eternity, the Christians are here to encourage one another. You're not going to see the people in the world come up to you and to encourage you to fight the good fight of faith. You're not going to see people that are in the world that are caught up in sin encouraging you to live a righteous life. But rather, we're going to see completely different. They're going to say, hey, come over and do this with me. Why don't you try this out just once, and if you don't like it, you'll never have to do it again. And then I think back to Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13 where it says, by the deceitfulness of sin. It just so happens as, as we start into this path, of playing with sin or tampering with the idea of, well, you know, if I go to services once a month, then surely, surely that's good enough. If I go to services this time and then I'll skip next time and then I'll go the next time, well, surely that's good enough. I think of the deceitfulness of sin because it just gets easier from there. You say, well, since I skipped last week, I'm going to skip this week. And since I skip Sunday night, there's no reason to go on Wednesday. And if I skip Wednesday, why go back on Sunday at all? We see through the deceitfulness of sin, there's a pattern where it gets easier to depart, to get further and further away from God. I think about the encouragement to resist sin, but I also think about the encouragement to stand strong. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and verse 33, uh, Paul recording there, he's talking about the, the physical food, he said, food is for the stomach and stomach for the food, but God will destroy both. Okay? Now the body is not for sexual desires or not for immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. There is a real purpose behind your body. 
There is a real purpose behind us standing here, living, breathing, being creatures upon this earth. And what's that purpose? That purpose is the Lord. Within the warfare, within the fight that we're trying to fight, we've got to fight because we're here for the Lord. Within God's design, the reason that we live upon this earth is for the Lord. I think also of Romans chapter 1, verse 11, it says, For I long to see you. This is Paul talking once again. And, and they didn't have the miraculous gifts at this point in uh, it, the church in Rome. He says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts so that you may be established. And then he goes on to say, That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Within the battle that was going on, I think it goes a whole lot deeper than that of just giving spiritual gifts. I didn't want you to think I was taking it out of context, but when you look at the context, at the idea, Paul is going to be encouraged also by them. Why? Because of the faith. Within true encouragement, the encouragement to stand strong comes through that of the faith. That's what we're working for. As I think of each one sitting here today as a soldier of Christ, fight on, go forward, don't give up this week. I promise there's troubles coming. I promise that most have, have gone through troubles in the past, and currently there's some that are going through troubles now, but the idea is if you live as a Christian... There's going to be tribulation. There's going to be trials. There's going to be times where we suffer, where they make it hard on us, where life gets you down and you wonder, should I just give up? Do I need to get up and go forward or am I really wasting my time? Mike often says that's the devil's lie. The idea is there's reason to go forward. There's reason to fight on. And as we consider that, let's look at the last point, encouragement to fight on. John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus recorded, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill. He's got a purpose. The thief comes with a purpose. And he says, but I, on the other hand, he says, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, that you can have the better life. You can live the good life. That's Christ's design. His purpose is so that you can have the best life. And because of that, I say, fight on, soldier. Go forward. Keep fighting. Keep going forward as a worker, as a servant of the Lord. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, last verse I've got, says, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, he says, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them proof of perdition, but to you salvation, and that from God. He goes on in the last verse, verse 29, For to you it has been, been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but notice, he said, but also to suffer for his name. I know it's hard to think about suffering as a good thing, and I think about our life, and sometimes there's medals of honor that are given to soldiers. For instance, you've got the prisoners of war that have been captured, and, and they didn't give in. And we give these people medals because they continued to fight. And I think of Philippians chapter 1 and verse 29, he, when he says, It's a blessing 
to suffer for his name. If we consider all that Christ has done for us, how great it is, how honorable it is to understand that we get to suffer for Christ. When you consider all the love that was shown to us, it just so happens that we have the opportunity sometimes to suffer for Christ. As a Christian soldier, take pride that you have that opportunity. Take pride when you are suffering for righteousness' sake that you do it for Christ. Within battle, within the encouragement that we are to give one another, I think about the Christian life and I think about the goal going forward. We've got to be a benefit to the world. We've got to strengthen the world. We've got to help the world so that they can see Christ. Within God's design, Christ said that he came so that they might have life. Christ's whole design was so that we could be saved. We might have true life. We're talking about spiritual life. We're talking about a spiritual battle. We're talking about spiritual life. He came so that we could have the true hope of heaven. Within Within Christ's design, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the, the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So we say that's how we get there. It's through Christ. Within Christ's design, he said, look, turn away from the world. Give up on what the world has to offer and follow me. I think of the rich man when, when he was told to give up everything and to follow me. Are we willing to follow Christ? What I really mean is, Repent and put your faith in him. Be willing to confess his name. Tell the world that I serve a risen Savior. I serve the Messiah. I serve the Son of God, Jesus the Christ, that died for me. But being willing also to be immersed so that we can receive that remission of sins that's promised in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. For the hope of the future. If you haven't given your life to Christ... I ask you today, why not? But if you're a member of the Lord's body and you've become entangled with the affairs of this life, you've been brought down by the sin of the world, by the troubles that this world has to offer, I encourage you, make that change today too. We're here to encourage one another. As we do the invitation song, the invitation song is here so that we can help one another. If you're caught up in problems and you don't know how to deal with, if you'd like the prayers of the church, we understand the prayer of a righteous man, the prayer of these people avails much. We want to pray with and for you. We want to help you. As you war a good warfare. If you haven't given your life to Christ, please come as we stand and sing.